1: and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. My name is Barbara Ginty and I'm your host and also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I'm very excited for today's episode. I am here with Allison from Inspired Budget. Hi, Allison. Hi, Barbara. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm,
2: I'm good. My kids are back in school right now in-person school so it's quiet at home i i don't even know what to do with myself
1: yeah i was gonna say they're back in actual like physically at the school
2: yes our numbers aren't too bad right now where we are and so they opened up school earlier this week and they have to wear a mask and you know there's different precautions to follow but they are in school which is crazy to me
1: right because they've been home since when did march march i was gonna say march March. (laughs) yes That must be nice to have some quiet time.
2: It is. I don't even know what to do with myself because I'm like, oh my gosh, I can get so much done in
1: such a little time when I don't have these distractions. Oh my gosh, I'm sure. Yeah. So many so many of my friends right now have their kids at home and mm-hmm. are doing the virtual learning,
2: which mm-hmm. seems
1: be quite trying
2: yes we did that I have one that's in third grade and one that's a kindergartner so the kindergartner needed a lot of support and attention
1: I feel like it's hard to work from home as an adult (laughs) (laughs) I know imagine kids yeah I can't even imagine being a a kid and having to sit in front of a computer all day
2: I know. It's not by fun. Your,
1: by yourself. Yeah. I think you have a really, really great story. And obviously your whole focus is on budgeting, which I think mm-hmm. so many of our listeners could really learn from or use if they are haven't already mastered it. Because so many of our guests, a lot of the things that we talk about is what amount of money is coming in and where is it going? Because I think it's so easy to have it come in and go out and not really work, having your money work towards your goals. It just at the end of the month, you're like, where did it all go? And it's not helping you achieve what you're really looking to, whether that's buying a house or paying off your loans. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's just a common issue for everybody. Yes, it is.
2: It is common.
1: <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your story, because you paid off over $100,000. Yes, we paid off um,
2: 111000 Uh basically my husband and I got married. I was 24 at the time. And we um we were living our life just two teachers, spending money freely, never really knowing exactly how much, you know, we were spending on different things. I was not aware at the time that I had a huge spending problem. (laughs) And basically, I know. And basically we got pregnant on our honeymoon unexpectedly. And soon after we realized that daycare was going to cost us between $800 and $900 a month at the time. And this was in 2011. And so we realized we didn't have an extra $800 to $900 a month in our budget because of our spending habits and because of our debt. And so at that moment, we sat down and we decided that we were going to learn how to live on a budget, which was hard at first, and it took some getting used to. And we were going to work on paying off that debt. And we had a goal of Becoming debt free in five years,
1: Wow. and <laughs> what was the hard what was the hardest part about it? Was it just tracking everything, or was it did you have to give things up for well, you know, it wasn't actually as hard to give things up as I thought it was going to be because
2: I was pregnant. I was feeling sick a lot, so I didn't want to go out and do things. It wasn't that I did want to eat out a lot because I didn't have the energy to cook. But for me, it was staying motivated because there were moments in time like summer vacations when, you know, my husband and I are both teachers when we just felt like we were stuck at home a lot and we were seeing all of these people going out and doing things and we just had FOMO. We we felt like we were missing out. However... It was easier to stay home because we had a small baby and then we ended up having another child on this journey. Um, so I would say the hardest part was actually staying motivated for that time period. So it took us four and a half years to pay off $111,000 worth of debt on those two teacher salaries.
1: Oh, wow. And so you and you did it early.
2: We did it early. We were actually thinking we were going to be able to do it in just over four years, but we had some unexpected Medical expenses come up and car repairs. So it pushed us back a little bit. But because we moved at one point during our during our journey, during this debt payoff process, we moved and we both took pay raises as teachers. We basically went from a really small school district that wasn't paying us very much to a larger school district that gave us both um about a ten thousand dollar pay raise.
1: Oh wow, that's amazing. So that yeah, you- it was
2: it was incredible. <laughs>
1: And then curious, so once you paid it all the debt off, did you stick with the budget and just reallocate those monies towards another goal?
2: Or so that's a great question. And when we first started our journey, I did not like budgeting. It was never something I thought I would be passionate about. And I remember thinking, I just have to do this for four and a half years. And after four and a half years, I am done. I'm never going to budget again. Budgeting is stupid. I had this you in sound my like mind. My, mother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my mom feels about budget.
2: <laughs> I know. Like I had it in my mind, that was my mindset about budgeting, that it was only for people that were not good with money. I had this, this myth in my mind about budgeting. And what I learned throughout the long process and with, what I realized is that budgeting became a part of our habits and it became something I looked forward to. And so whenever we were done paying off that debt, we increased our late lifestyle a little bit, um, not dramatically and then we started saving money and our first thing we saved for was a big vacation that my husband and I went on to celebrate our hard work and effort over the past you know five years and then we took that money and we started allocating it to different savings goals
1: like okay so like retirement vacation other Mm -hmm. things
2: Yes, yeah, so right now we save for retirement and then we also we have a vacation savings fund, but right now we're not actually sending money to it just because we don't have any vacations on the horizon you at know this time. We can travel. <laughs> exactly. So, we have that. We also have our emergency fund, and we also started saving for a new car, and we paid for a car in cash back in, a couple of months ago, back in May. And so a lot of our money was going towards this new car savings. So that way we didn't have to go into debt whenever we had to
1: replace a 12, no, 13 year old car. That makes sense. Yeah. That's the best way to do mm-hmm. it because then you save for it and you pay in cash and then you save mm-hmm. for your next one after that.
2: Exactly. So a lot of our savings that we, we do contribute to like kids college funds, everything like that. We were able to take some of that big chunk of money we were sending to debt and then just divvy it up as we see fit, which can be stressful because then then you feel like you have options. And how do you know what to save for how much? And that was overwhelming at first um, in the beginning as well, whenever we were choosing what to save for.
1: And how did you decide to do that? Because I feel like that is probably besides, I mean, I think budgeting is is fundamental, even though a lot of people don't mm-hmm. love budgeting. It's fundamental to changing your finan- your finances. But then the other mm-hmm. question I always get is, okay, well, I have, you know, this savings goal and I have, you know, student loans, I have some credit card mm-hmm. debt. And like, how do you allocate towards all of the different goals that there are?
2: So for us, because we didn't have any debt other than our mortgage, we took our savings. Let's just say, I'm just going to say it's uh, $1,500. And we knew we wanted to focus on retirement first because we had not been saving extra for retirement during our debt-free journey. We were actually, we have we had teacher pensions. Um, I no longer have that because I'm no longer teaching, but my husband did. So we, we did have these pension accounts that we were automatically sending money to. We had no control over it. However, we knew we had to prioritize retirement, that eventually we knew we were going to retire. So that was number one, making sure we had that set up, making sure we were maxing out two Roth IRAs really focusing on retirement. And then from there, that took a majority of that savings. And then we just divvied up the rest. We said, okay, well, we'll put some of the leftover money to college. And then we'll put some of the leftover money just to a standard emergency fund or vacation fund um, at the time. So yeah. So making sure you're hitting like a little bit of each of them. Exactly. And, and also realizing that Although I may have wanted to send all of the money to a vacation fund and take a grand, amazing vacation, that retirement was more important because, you know, kids college, they might not go to college. I mean, there's, there's just all these things that could come up, but I know I will retire. Yeah, you know, so you I knew yeah. exactly. So I knew that had to be a priority. So almost listing out your priorities, even if you, you the fun one isn't number one as your priority. When you're able to list out your priorities, it makes choosing that those savings and how much you're going to send to each one easier.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like nobody wants to work forever. I always say that. Like even mm-hmm. if you really like your job now and really like working, you might not feel the same way in 40 years. Or 30.
2: Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and with retirement savings, you know – you don't need a lot of money as long as you have a lot of time.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: I agree. Retirement is super important, but yeah, it's, some people don't like to focus on it as much because it's so far in the future.
2: Uh, and I think that, that, that is so common. You know, I know a lot of people that they are putting nothing extra to retirement. And I just think, you know, it's because it's so far in the future. It's, they have too many other things that appear to be priorities right now. But it's like retirement is sitting there saying, I am a priority. You have to be thinking about this. Don't forget about me. And, you know, it's easy to look past that. And it's not fun necessarily to save for retirement. It's fun to save for a vacation because then you can be planning it and thinking about it and it's closer and you have something to look forward to. So it's not as fun to save for retirement, but that's just part of being an adult. Like, I know being an
1: adult is sometimes making choices that aren't fun. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, the vacation is easier to save for because I feel like it's immediate, right? You're gonna yes. get that immediate reward in, you know, mm-hmm. like twelve months where retirement is just so far off. But I've yes. never—I always tell people this. I've never had anyone come into my office and say, "Gosh, you know what? I think I saved too much for retirement."
2: <laughs> never. Exactly.
1: Happened. I've never heard anyone be like, "Oh yeah, I have too much money in there." It's never exactly. Happened. And I doubt it ever will. I doubt it ever will. Yeah. And I've met with a lot of people and no one's ever said that. What is more common to hear is I wish I had started sooner. Mm -hmm. Exactly. what everybody says. Most people will say, I wish I had started this sooner, or I wish I knew how important this was.
2: Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's hard. It's hard because we don't learn necessarily in, in school how important it is. And then everyone comes out of school and they might have lower income jobs and they are burdened with student loan debt. And so- retirement just isn't, isn't mathematically feasible for some people to contribute a lot of money to retirement. But I had, um, a friend in high school who worked at, um, a store kind of like a target, but he was contributing to his 401k when he was 16 years old. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Why are you doing this? And he just had that, that sight, you know, his eyes set on the future. Um, and I was like, what, you can't, you're you're putting some of your money away you're not going to go to the movies with your extra money but some people are just able to see it a little bit better um i think than others
1: yeah absolutely yeah and i definitely think the earlier you can start the better mm-hmm. like sixteen's pretty young uh, yes i agree <laughs> but yeah you yeah as soon as you start working and have w2 income you can save for retirement which i don't think mm-hmm. a lot of people realize so yeah at 16 if you have w2 income you can save i actually tried to save a retirement at that age and i gave the money mm-hmm. to my father but he ended up putting it in into 529 so i did not get it oh it. darn i know <laughs> so it got used for it got used for college which is fine that was a good a good purpose for the money i think anyway mm-hmm. definitely so what do you i know that you are a fan of the envelope method right yes cash envelopes that's yes. what we used yes will you talk a little bit about that for our listeners who don't know what that method is
2: of course. So basically the cash envelope method is just a method of spending money. So instead of using your debit card for certain purchases, you use cash instead. And what I realized whenever we first started paying off debt, when we first started budgeting, I uncovered that I had a spending problem and I was blind to it before, probably because I just didn't want to face it. And I I wanted to keep spending money, but I learned that I had issues with spending money and with going overboard with spending money. So basically the cash envelope system allowed my husband and I to set out a specific amount of money that we wanted to spend for specific categories. So for instance, I had issues with going over budget at the
1: grocery store. I had a certain Uh amount I wouldn't have guessed the grocery store.
2: Well, I would just walk down every different aisles and I would be like, oh, this is going to make me happy. And for me, I was an emotional spender and I'd be like, oh, this is new. Let me try this. I mean, I still love Target. I still love Ulta. But like one of the places for me was the grocery store because I was spending impulsively. I was spending based on emotions and I would just go way over budget. So when you have the envelope system, it forces you to stay in budget. You have a boundary because if you tell yourself, I'm not going to use my debit card or credit card for this specific category, then it creates a boundary where you have to stay on budget and it allows you to see your spending differently, to see those habits in your spending. And so we started using the cash envelope system because we didn't know how to live on a budget and because we found categories in our budget where we were overspending significantly.
1: So I had to ask you a question. Did, would you leave your debit card or credit card in the car when you went into the grocery store?
2: So no, I wouldn't, but I just would not use, use it. it. Okay. So I would keep my debit card, keep my credit card in my wallet, but I would always have, you know, if I if I was going to the grocery store, I would grab the grocery envelope and I might have enough money for several weeks at a time and if I went over budget, I might have the cash in there that I would almost like borrow from the pre the next, next week. week. yep, but then I would any anytime that before I went to the grocery store, I would pull out my cash envelope and I would say, "Okay, how much money do I have left? If I have two hundred dollars left and I have two weeks left to buy groceries, I have to keep my grocery bill under a hundred dollars, basically. And so then I would get scrappy. I would say, "Okay, well I can't buy a lot. Let me look in the freezer. Let me look in the refrigerator. What do I have in the pantry? How can I make sure that this Grocery bill is less than one hundred dollars. Wow! I was going to say it helped me develop better habits with spending money and to open my eyes to my habits and where I struggled the most with with money.
1: Yeah, I guess I was I wasn't expecting the grocery store, but I feel like I I would definitely expect anyone to say Target because I feel like Target you walk mm-hmm. in there and I go to get rung out and I'm like how did this happen? I know, I know.
2: I had to totally boycott Target at one point because I I, I had to go cold turkey. I w- I just had such a huge issue there.
1: But yeah, it, it is problematic Target. I feel like everyone can relate. You go to Target and then you go to checkout and you're like, I thought I was gonna spend 20 mm-hmm. dollars and it's 40.
2: Exactly. But even simple things like the grocery store, I mean, it's so easy to overspend because when you want to try different things, you just throw it in your cart and all of that adds up. And then what happened mm-hmm. was, I would end up wasting food because even though I was doing things like making a meal plan, I would say, oh, let me go ahead and try this. And I might just become like overeager and say, I'm going to cook all these vegetables. And I would buy all these vegetables and wouldn't cook them and then would waste food, waste money, have to throw things out that would expire because I was in the grocery store just in that moment seeing those things and just saying, oh, I just want to try this. I just want to. Let me just put this in the cart this, just this one time. And I was doing that consistently over time and it adds up.
1: Yeah. Oh, every little thing adds up. Right. So, mm-hmm. exactly. If, especially if it's something that's happening on a regular basis. So, $3 here and $5 here. And even though everyone hates the coffee example, I think the reason that that's a popular example is because people can relate to it all over the country. It's not a specific thing like taking a taxi cab in New York. Um, right. Right. Has a coffee shop in their town. So they, but that is a really realistic example. And it doesn't have to be coffee. It could be manicures or pedicures or whatever it is or Mm
2: -hmm. anything, anything that adds up over time that you're tempted to overspend on.
1: Right. That's not necessarily something you want to overspend on. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that what I love about cash envelopes is that, you know, it just sets up boundaries
2: that you get to set up. A lot of times people think, well, you know, a budget controls me. Well, no, you control the budget and you control the categories that you're going to spend in cash. So for instance, I don't pay my electricity bill in cash because I'm, I've never overpaid my electricity bill. I just just pay the right amount. Um, but we do use cash for things like restaurants, groceries. I do not use cash for gas. I know a lot of people use cash envelopes for gasoline, filling up their cars with gas, but I'm not, I'm not tempted to overspend in gas. That's not a trigger for me, but I do have a cash allowance because I like spending money. And if I spend it in cash, I know that I won't go over my budgeted amount.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great way, especially for people who are having a hard time budgeting. It's a great Mm -hmm. way, I think, to have that hard boundary where, okay, you have $50, you can only spend $50. And it kind of reminds me of almost being like a kid. Uh, so yes, it really, really is where you're like, okay, I have $10. I got it. You know, I get to go to the mall. I have $10. Like what am I going to spend it on? Cause I don't have any more money. Right. Until my parents.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, it just helps you build better habits because yeah. for so long you might have done something else for so long. I just went in and I spent whatever I want at target, whatever I wanted at Ulta. And so I had to establish new habits and new boundaries so that supported the goals that I wanted.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And once you have those habits, I find that once they're ingrained, they're mm-hmm. a little bit harder to break. So like yes. I developed my budgeting habits probably when I was a teenager working because my, my first job was at 12 or something very young. Um, mm-hmm. But then it was really solidified living in New York my first year on a salary that I really couldn't afford to be there. Um, right. So. And now that I'm older, I feel like that time period we're living in New York on a, on a salary that didn't allow for very much is almost ingrained. So I think about my spending very differently than probably if I hadn't had that experience.
2: Well, and that's the same thing with like us paying off debt. We did it for so long, it took us four and a half years. So I used to think at the very beginning of the journey that once we were debt-free, I was just gonna go back to spending everything I wanted on what I wanted. But what I didn't realize... Was that those habits formed in place and they almost changed who I am and my outlook on money. And so I don't I don't like window shopping. I I don't like spending money as much as I used to. You know, there are things where I still struggle, but overall I can't imagine not writing a budget every month because I did it for so long. And it made me feel good when I wrote a budget.
1: Well, it's empowering because you're taking control of your money. Mm-hmm. So rather than exactly. money controlling you, you now have all the control.
2: Exactly, one hundred percent. That is so true.
1: <laughs> and then, and so then, it feels good, right? So then you you think about money differently. I definitely mm-hmm. I feel like after having d- how I developed my habits, my sister is the opposite of me. She like spends money very freely, and so I definitely mm-hmm. have been in target, being like, I know I can afford this. I know it's fine if I buy it, and I'll like call her, and she'll be like, "Just buy the bag. You're losing money by standing in Target, ah! <laughs> spending an hour debating a thirty dollars." Oh price my gosh! Just, like buy the bag and go back to work. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'm gonna do it. Oh yeah. my
2: gosh, how funny! I love it.
1: Yeah. So I, 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 mean, I think this, I think all the things you have on your site are really helpful for any of our listeners mm-hmm. who are if struggling with budgets. You have a lot of great freebies on your site, um, which you can get through through your Instagram. But I. Th- I agree. Mm-hmm. Once you develop that habit, it's a very empowering habit. It really,
2: it really is, and you, you become a different person than maybe you thought you would be. You know, I, I had these ideas that I, I also had this idea in my mind that because we were two teachers, we were just always going to be poor because we were two teachers, we couldn't take nice vacations, and I had these pre these ideas, right? yes, these notions in my head. And I decided that I didn't like I didn't like what I was thinking. I didn't like that truth. And it was the truth. It was the truth for so many teachers because they weren't willing to pay off debt and write a budget. But I decided, no, I want to be able to take nice vacations. I love to travel. I don't care that we only make two teacher budgets. Like there has to be a way. And so we did what we could to find a way to be able to do that. And so I think that challenging your thoughts as well about money, about yourself, about what you're capable of is very healthy and it could help lead you to somewhere that you never thought you would be able to be.
1: I think that's really interesting because I definitely, I had one girl on the podcast and she really stuck with me, but her parents never had money. And so her narrative in her head was, well, I will never have money. But she right. was in a totally different space than her parents. She's working on her masters. I, I don't believe they went to college. And so mm-hmm. the narrative in her head was leading her to have a certain lifestyle, which was not accounting for money in, money out, right? Which was right. having her feel like she had no money because she didn't there was no accounting of the money, right? So she didn't know mm-hmm. that eating lunch every day out at work was the you know, costing a significant amount of money in her budget, which could have been a vacation, right? Had she like bought a sandwich or bought the stuff to make a salad and had it at home. But the issue is really the narrative in her head that I will always Mm -hmm. be broke because I have always been broke. My family has always been broke. So this is just, this is what it is versus saying, okay, no, I have a government job. It's not a high paying government job, but it's a good government job with a pension and benefits. And if I change some of my habits, I can take yes. a vacation and I can buy a house and I can do all of these things, you know, within my means just by tweaking and, and being more accountable, right, to mm-hmm. where the money is going. So, yeah, the exactly. narrative is really interesting.
2: It It is. And I mean, that was exactly my thing is I just thought we're two teachers. Teachers aren't paid well. You know, you're always heard teachers aren't paid well. Teachers are poor. Teachers have to work two or three jobs to survive. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, this is going to be my life. I will always be poor. I will have to work two or three jobs to survive. Teachers aren't paid well. I can't pay off debt. I will have student loans, you know, forever. And it's depressing to think of it that way. And one day I was just like, "No. I don't want it to be like this. This is not this is not what I choose. This is not what I hope for my life. I'm we're going to do something different." And so we did.
1: And as long as you're creative and willing to work at it, like, I think Mm -hmm. you can always change the, you can always change your own narrative and you can always change your own situation. And I think budgeting is a huge key to that, but also, um, like having a side hustle, like if the budget itself isn't going to, you know, or maybe it's going to take too long and you want a more immediate change, Mm -hmm. like a side hustle also could help.
2: Yeah. And that's what we did during our journey. I taught summer school, where I made extra money my husband taught summer school my my husband actually drove the bus the school bus for a band he's a band director and so he would make extra money if he was the bus driver on these <laughs> trips that he was already going to because they would the district would save money by not hiring a bus driver so they would pay him a little bit less but then he was making money and so I did things like tutoring I dabbled in photography photography we did different things to increase our income and then we took that extra money that we were making in different seasons of our life. And we either put it in savings or we put it towards debt.
1: I think there's some saying that you either, you need either need to save more or make more to succeed Mm -hmm. with your finances. And so I think the double whammy is if you budget and make more, whether that's, you know, that's the the way to do it the fastest. That's the way to speed up the pace of change is yes. And do a good budget and, you know, be accountable for your income, and then also have additional income.
2: Yes, increase the income as much as possible, even if it's just a temporary increase, even if it's only for a season. Like, I didn't want to teach summer school. I didn't enjoy it, but I knew this is four weeks. This is a season. This is going to help us pay off debt. It'll be worth it in the long run. I'm not going to teach summer school forever.
1: Yeah, it never has to be. Yeah, it definitely. I I feel like that's also the hard part with people getting started with budgeting or picking up a side hustle. Is mm-hmm. it's not permanent. Very few things in life are permanent. I think. Yes. Like, the older you get, the real the more you realize that everything in life is very temporary. And so I think some people the hurdle is well I don't really want to be a waitress or a bartender. And it's like well no. you don't have to do it forever. <laughs> do it right, right. Yeah, a season, as you said, or you know one year to get you where you need to be to get over that hurdle of getting that student loan paid off or getting the money for the down payment for the house. And then all of those, mm-hmm. you know, hurdles that you you crossed help change the trajectory faster. Exactly. And you have a list, a really good list of side hustles also. So if you yes. have your Instagram we, you, and you're listening, you should definitely check out your Instagram because you have a lot of great resources. Another one is side hustles.
2: Yes. So you can go to at inspirebudget on Instagram. Um, I have a whole list, an article all about the 20 high-paying side hustles. Um, I have I have lots of freebies. I love printables. I actually make printables when I'm feeling stressed out. <laughs> and so, you know, I wish I would, like, exercise when I was feeling stressed out. Or, you know, it's like if I have these really top three things I need to tackle that are really important and I'm feeling you know just overwhelmed I'll go make a new printable which
1: that's so funny <laughs>
2: which is weird um and helps is helpful for my email list subscribers and anyone who wants free things but doesn't actually help me get the things on my list tackled however I do I do have lots of freebies like a money goals tracker where you can track three money goals for an entire month that's my newest one that I love and I personally use um just a whole a whole bunch I actually keep them all inside a free resource library on my on my website, where people can sign up to get access to the free resource library, and I just put all my printables in there.
1: Perfect. Well, Allison, this has been super helpful. So, um, for all of our listeners, hopefully, this has inspired you to budget, and please check out Allison's site and get get a hold of some of these freebies. And then for our listeners, you can follow along on Instagram. And if we, if you're looking. Or interested in being a guest, we have a few more spots left and you can message us on Instagram and also check out our free online class, which is in partnership with SUNY Ulster at www.planancial.com.